right, I think we're ready to go. You guys ready to go? Absolutely. I've been ready for 45 minutes. Let's go, boys. <laughs> this isn't my fault. It, it's my fault. It's my fault. <laughs> no, I'm just, just like going, China. China. It, it was China. Totally China. <laughs> Hello and welcome I'm not to saying it was China, but it most probably definitely was China. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to Next to Nothing, a podcast for gamers on a budget. I am your host, Danny K. With me, as always, the wonderful, the beautiful, the incredibly late this week, Mr. Green Elite. How you doing, Green? I'm, I'm doing good. I got a new bed frame, but I had to haul my like wooden, like fully wooden old bed frame out and put the new metal one in. And it, coincidentally, it did come from China and the instructions were kind of piss poor. So, uh, yeah, it took me a little bit, and my bed is fucking heavy because it's memory foam, so it sucks. I'm sweating. It's got I've lost it's clear. Take stuff in filter. Yeah, clear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That. Is, is, your, is your bed just filled with, like, pounds of dead skin cells and hair? It's just memory foam. <laughs> uh, I wash it. So it I wash it frequently. <laughs> it, it remembers everything. everything. The things that Mattress has seen. The things that mattress has heard, all your dark secrets. Terrible Pain, stuff. Things that mattress smells. <laughs> terrible, terrible <laughs> stuff. Terrible butt stuff. With us, ninety-nine point nine percent of the time, I'm brushing right past that. It's the powerful, the beautiful. It's the Revs Fen Padre. How you doing? Doing good, Danny. Had a had a good day. Got to test out some cool stuff in the indie gaming world, and for the first time in what feels like forever. I am super excited to continue streaming a game that uh, I started yesterday, and it, it feels like it's been a long time since I've been excited to continue a game. So I'm in a good effing place right now. Awesome. With us this week, our special guest, Rogue Piñata. Rogue, welcome back to the show. How you doing? And for the kind folks who haven't met you yet, go on ahead and tell them what you do and where people can find you. Hello, uh, my name is Ro- Rouge Pinata, Rogue Pinata, Viva Pinata, whatever uh, you know me as. Um, I am predominantly a rogue-like uh, indie game-ish streamer. Um, uh, I, I love it. This, this is my little baby right there. Look at that baby. Anyway, uh, <laughs> um, I uh, like I said, schedule is pretty random, and uh, anything I can find that's uh, that catches my eye, I will play it. And uh yeah, no, that's uh that's pretty much it for now. Alright, and all the Twitter and stuff like that, where's that all? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so, I'm sorry. So uh, Twitter, uh, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, uh pretty much all is Rogue Pinata R O G U E P I N A T A. Let me I, I have to I did. I have to ask Pinata, what about the uh, OnlyFriends account? If you know what I'm, ta- if you know what I'm saying. The, 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 the problem is I try to do an OnlyFans account with just my beard, but everyone kept on confusing my beard with other parts, Ooh. so I kind of had to close it down. You know what you need to do? It's just like starting posting like pictures of random Pinatas. Gold. You know? Gold. I could. I could I'm do that. that right now. You're going to have to pay me royalty fees. Or naked Pinatas. Yeah. <laughs> Pinatas that look like genitalia. 
before you put the paper mache, you know what I mean? <laughs> what I was gonna say, what's the difference between a pinata and a naked pinata? And you well, you remember you get to put you gotta put the paper mache on to yeah. You know, so just ba- just like bags of candy. No, just the cardboard part. Yeah, just the cardboard without the paper mache. Yeah, the paper mache, or just paper mache. <laughs> Dang. Yeah, yeah. So uh, those are my socials. So we do have a question of the week this week, courtesy of Mr. Pinata. In that, the question is: What's your favorite rogue-like game, or rogue light game, or rogue game, or game? What's your favorite rogue-like game? I don't know. That I we just were discussing the difference between rogue light and rogue like, and I honestly still don't understand the difference, and I think it's pretty nebulous. But tell us what your favorite one is in the comments down below. If you guys missed any part of the show, you guys can find us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are found. Um, yeah, we appreciate you guys for watching and listening, and we're just going to like get into it because we are running late on uh, starting the show here. And uh, Viva. Yes, you, you've gotten your hands on a recent release. Tell us about Monster mm-hmm. Hunter Rise. Boy, oh boy, I cannot stop playing that game, and it's getting very unhealthy right now at this point. Um, yeah, uh, Monster Hunter Rise is a lot of what I had gripes with with previous games, mainly uh, mobility uh, and pacing. Um, previous games. Uh, uh, like world, um, they kind of improve with. Um, what I mean, what I mean by this, basically, if whoever hasn't played a Monster Hunter World game at all, or any Monster Hunter World, uh, Monster Hunter game at all, the basic premise is you're hunting down this creature. You either capture it or you kill it. You take its resources. You make armor and such, and you kind of just rise up the ranks and uh, defeat you know bigger, better. Um, uh, way of wyverns that's what they call them I just call them big ass monsters um so uh obviously the big thing is chasing them and, and chasing them down and uh, capturing them well a lot of my problems with the previous games and uh the biggest thing is is the pacing it's just it felt like you're just constantly chasing or trying to find this creature and it's it, it just it felt like you, it took forever. Not that some people liked it. Uh, some people, you know, uh, get very easily distracted with uh, when it comes to like you know getting other resources and stuff, and that's fine. But for me, I played. Uh, I mean, this would be my fifth Monster Hunter game I played, and uh, it's just uh, it's good. You know, I, I'm happy with this one. They they included like grappling hooks and uh, doggos. Which is pretty awesome. They, the first time you ever um, <laughs> ever ride a doggo, you can just uh, go really, really fast across the map and chase these guys down really uh, quickly, uh, which is one of my favorite aspects of the game so far. Um, there's there's more to it. Uh, the theming of the game now is more towards like uh, I want to say like if you look at it, say Oriental type of style. Uh, compared to you know, uh, let's say uh, what they had. It's like, well, it's like kind of like a like world is kind of like a medieval kind of style, in a way. This one is uh, more uh, culture based, so there's a lot of monsters that um, that you look at them. Uh, this one in particular, I forget his name. It looks very feudal it, Japan on this. Yeah, that's that's what I meant to say. I'm sorry. 
But um, the armor sets are, are pretty awesome. Uh, there's a there's a lot of uh, QT stuff in it too, which is uh, always always welcome uh, in the game. And uh, I think um, like as far as my favorite feature in the game, I would have to say is the turf wars, uh, which is by far one of my favorite things to watch. Just something to watch. It basically, uh, obviously, you have mo- you have multiple monsters in each each map. Once another monster meets another monster, they go into a turf war. So they literally fight each other. It's it's pretty damn awesome. It's kind of like watching Godzilla versus you know uh, Kong, just them bashing each other and stuff. It's pretty awesome. I actually had a clip that I uploaded uh, to TikTok uh, where. Um, they literally had like a someone like this guy right here. Uh, I forgot his name. The one with the purple, uh, purple uh, aura and stuff. He literally goes up in the air and fights mid air, like some Dragon Ball C- Z shit. <laughs> it's pretty freaking awesome. Like you can actually see it right in the clip. But oh my god, it was so cool. And that's it was the first time he's seen it. And I, I like I, ever since then, I've been looking forward to running into these battles between uh, these creatures and stuff. So, and the cool thing is that once one of them gets the best of the other, you actually can control the weaker one, and you can have full control of the monster and then battle it out against them. Um, so, yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> and there's, um, the replayability is, uh, is an understatement when it comes to this game. Uh, there's so much to do, like, so much to do. <laughs> yeah. So. How would you compare this to, like, say, you know, because we played Dauntless a lot together? Yes. How would you mm-hmm. compare this to, to say, Dauntless? Like, what, what is, what does it do better? What does it do not as well? Um, I would say, um, things that it does better is uh, characters. Um, they tend to do a pretty good job of making like characters and story. Um, till this day, I kind of try to understand Dauntless story uh, story mode, but it's just. Eh. Not as uh, it, it doesn't really grab me. Monster Hunter has been always been good when it comes to story, uh, really uh, grabbing it. Don't pay attention to the voice acting; it's a uh, borderline Final Fantasy X type, you know, <laughs> voice acting. So, but uh, yeah, if the story is I, I think is better off. There was always one thing, and I'm sure um, and Reb knows this. I always hated the pacing of uh, Monster Hunter. That's why I kind of drifted towards. Uh, uh, Dauntless because it's a, it's just a a faster game, but now with Rise, and I would imagine they're, they're just going to continue to adapt these uh, mobility uh, stuff. That's kind it's kind of tough to kind of like go with Dauntless again. Obviously, it's free to play, so you know that's the big big thing right there. I think the the monsters themselves are very creative as far as like design and stuff. And of course, you got your uh, your classic like Rathiel's Rathian, you know the red dragon. Everyone knows the red that red dragon from Monster Hunter. It's in multiple games and stuff. So, um, I think that yeah, I think the design itself is uh, something uh, that I, I, I the monster design is uh, much better. Combats, I I still kind of give the edge to uh, Dauntless. Um, Mainly because the locking, the locking, the locking on system, um, it's 
<laughs> when you lock onto a monster in Dauntless, you lock onto it, and that's it. <laughs> you don't have to relock into it and stuff. Um, I'm sure that's a thing that they can fix with time with uh, with Rise, but right now it's almost impossible to uh, to uh, focus on uh, on a singular uh, creature because of that. Interesting. Yeah. So. This game is only right now only on the Switch. It's looking like it's going to come to PC in the future, but they they're saying that's going to be a wait. Um, mm-hmm. Do you feel like this is a must-have on the Switch, or is this uh, one that I um, I'm leaning towards a must-have? It's um it's it's I guess another thing performance-wise, I'm shocked at how well it performs. Um. Mm. The engine is is running off of the the RE uh, the RE engine, so the same engine as World and the same thing as uh, um, uh, current uh, you know uh, Resident Evil games and stuff. So it looks pretty good. I'm not gonna lie, uh, they, it, it it holds up. And this is the Switch we're talking about. So um, you know, that's a lot a Capcom of people were... engine, right? Like that's like yeah. the Capcom exclusive engine. Yep, yep. RE oh. engine is a Capcom exclusive engine. Yep. Okay. Um. But yeah, it's a uh, it, it's it, it's a beautiful game. It, it, um, I want to fight the flying penis that it showed on there with the big mouth. <laughs> yeah, that thing is creepy as hell. <laughs> yeah, it look it looks terrifying. It looks like the thing night- nightmares are made of. Yeah, they are. And you know, the great thing I I like is um, every time you encounter the uh, monster for the first time, there's like this. Um, I, I'm, you can kind of see in the trailer. Every time you meet a monster for the first time, it does this cool little. Uh, intro where there's a guy doing a voiceover and it's just like he's just like doing these little rhymes and it's the the there's like this weird filter on it it kind of looks like an old like 80s uh tv look to kind of make it look like a classic like horror movie uh style thing (laughs) i don't know how to describe it but uh, where where like in the end it'll show the 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 monster with a big ass bold text with their name on it. But um, it's it's uh, I, I like the I like the extra details they they put into the game. To be honest, yeah. So like, I go ahead, go ahead. No, no, I was just saying. Um, as far as a must have, I would say uh, it's um. I've actually got uh, some friends that never played a monster on a game actually get pretty addicted to this game. <laughs> so as far as like, you know, getting the grasp of uh, getting into the game for a newcomer, it seems that it's a little easier. And I, I would, I would say so. I mean, there's so much variety as far as weapons, you can find a weapon for someone that's easier than the others. There are more complex weapons and stuff, but I noticed that I got two of my friends into it, and they 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 still haven't stopped playing it. I'm kind of worried about their health, but you know, um, it's uh, <laughs> it's it's it seems to be newcomer newcomer uh, ready. So I would say it's a pretty uh, must buy for when it comes to uh, um, a Switch title for sure. I can only imagine how it would be on PC with un- uh, uncapped frames and stuff. So. <laughs> That's a. So, how much does the game run right now? Uh, it's 30, 30 frames. 
No, no, I mean, uh, price wise, price wise. Oh, uh, 60 bucks, a normal, normal, uh, retail price. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I was actually going to ask. And you kind of answered to the question. The the question I was going to ask you, you answered it here was, um, for $60, would this be a good entry point for people into the Monster Hunter series? Because this, oh, is, yes, because mm-hmm. Monster Hunter to me has always been a series that kind of has a little bit of a barrier to entry in a way like uh-huh. it has like a it, it's kind of lore dense and it's technical very similar in the way mm-hmm. like the dark souls games are yeah like mm-hmm. with the dodge rolling and knowing how weapons work and you know stuff like that so they're they're kind of dense and can be a little intimidating for people but it's good to hear at least from your point of view that it is um less intimidating than uh previous entries yeah, I would say um, exactly what you said. Um, it's a, it's a, uh, I would say it's a good person who's interested into this, uh, who are, who's interested into, into the series. This would be a perfect first game. World, no, uh, World is very much uh, I, uh, Dark Souls two, so very hardcore. Um, you know, it's it. Not to say it's not meant for new people to play, but you can tell that they like they like you know they kind of assume that you know what you're doing type of thing for this game it does hold on to your hand a little bit in the beginning um they did separate uh one uh, quality of life thing they did is that they separated um missions offline missions and online missions so you can kind of get the one up on on uh doing certain monsters and kind of getting familiar with them and then when you go online that's when shit gets real um, that's where the true Monster Hunter uh, experience comes in, where you're, you know, four of you are battling this one monster for almost a half an hour straight, um, you know, uh, chasing it and stuff like that. Um, they, you know, the single player does kind of help out with that to kind of ease you into um, to to the real battles. It's kind of like in Destiny with uh, with the raids. There's like a mini raid. Uh, that kind of like teaches you how to do everything and then you get into the real shit and the real shit is still harder regardless so, so are you telling me that this is this this title compared to other monster hunter titles is less daunting i do have a question i do have a question first i wanted to clarify um it looks like a monster hunter world was run ran on the mt framework engine yeah. Uh versus the this one being on the the RE engine, which was Resident Evil Village, the remakes, and then Devil May Cry five. I did want to clarify on that. Mm. Um not to be misconstrued on that, uh, or give out false information or anything like that. But my question is, uh, this seems like Monster Hunter World light mixed mm-hmm. with Genshin Impact. Like, would you say uh, that's a fair assessment? Or would yeah. you say uh, well, yeah. it depends on what aspect of Genshin Impact you're referring to. I mean, like the art style and stuff like yes. that. Yes, okay. yes, yes, very much okay. that. It's definitely um, it is a shorter game, mind you. That was, and when point. I mean shorter game, I mean it's thirty hours to complete the main story, okay. and that's just the main story. And the the way it works is that you have your initial story and your initial monsters, and the thing is is. You know, and this is the thing where Monster Hunters always had. I always thought it was kind of an issue in a way. Like, if you're going to have a story mode, have everything in the story mode and then have your New Game Plus stuff afterwards. Modified versions of these monsters and stuff. 
what they do is they kind of introduce you to the core monsters, and then afterwards, that's when shit gets real. Where you have to face things like that monster with the the purple the I can't remember it's, it's a magna rule that's what his name um the the one with the purple that's the last one uh you go against and then it kind of ends and then you go into you go into uh more monsters and it just goes deeper and deeper there's like i think another 12 or close to 20 more monsters after that um so I kind of I don't know like I don't know how why they didn't kind of include these other monsters into the story mode, but you know it. Like I said, thirty hours for a game, you know, for uh, Monster Hunter World Light, you know, it's not too bad. And you know, obviously, you got so much more after the, the story mode. So it's like, you know, it's you're gonna get your money's worth. That's for damn sure. Gotcha. Uh, I had one more question, and we'll probably move on to our next topic. Uh, there is gear crafting and stuff like that. Is there repair in the game? Uh, too? Like, do you have to like repair your stuff? Nope. Um, everything is um, that. There's no uh, like the armor doesn't diminish. They, it doesn't okay. like wear out or anything like that. So you don't have to worry about repairing your armor. Okay. And stuff. So there's like no smiths that would create items for you, and then when you come to them broken, they would say, "Well, no, you have to bring that to us. Uh, you can't go over to that other smith to get your gear fixed, right?" Like that wouldn't happen. God damn it, Danny! <laughs> <laughs> no right to repair bullshit. Yeah, yeah. What I'm hearing is well, that, that you don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh my Jesus. Okay. All right. Congratulations. That was a good one. That was was a good one. <laughs> so tell us about this right to repair campaign, Danny. Yeah. So for those who don't know the name Lewis Rossman, he is a YouTuber and repair shop owner in New York. I've actually watched quite a few of his videos. He's fairly entertaining in his monotone droning ranting uh, style. Um, he launched a campaign to get right to repair laws on the books through a direct ballot initiative. Um, We've talked about uh, right to repair before. It is the idea that when you buy a product, such as a phone or a computer or a console or a car or basically anything, uh, you have the right to either repair it yourself or to take it to a third party uh, maintenance shop and get it repaired without a barrier set by the manufacturer. Um, we've talked about it before. Uh, I also kind of want to get um, what Lewis says on his um, go. He so he started to go find me page, and I'll get to that here in a second. But um, I want to also give you guys what he says on his GoFundMe page, what the right to repair means to him. Uh, quote, right to repair is the concept that you should be able to choose who repairs the device you own. We believe that you should not be stuck going to the manufacturer or dealer because parts, chips, manuals, or tools are restricted by the manufacturer. Right now, manufacturers collude with a number of companies on a regular basis to keep their keep repair shops and end users from being able to buy parts to fix their devices, going so far as to restrict access to a battery charging IC, one of the most common common chips to fail in modern consumer electronics. Um, 
So he wants he wants to get laws on the books uh, to fix this, and he's doing that through a direct ballot initiative, which is when something is voted on directly by voters rather than being drafted, entered, and passed by legislatively by lawmakers. Go right? Ahead. Go ahead. I say good because those always end up coming with a whole bunch of extra bullshit on them. Yeah. So, so good. No, that that's uh, good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, uh, we talked about right to repair what, but about a month ago, I think. It was like two weeks ago. Was yeah, it two it was weeks ago? Even... Oh, yeah, I think we talked about it on two separate occasions. Actually, like, I, I think we've we've it's come up in con- in conversation on the podcast at least twice in the last month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know there's a big deal. Uh, there's a thing in the EU. Um, there are lots of benefits uh, that. I think it was Hungary or Austria. I don't remember which um, had already seen from guaranteeing right to repair in their territory. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot uh, a lot of good things that come along with it. Three, just very generally, um, it's cheaper to repair mm-hmm. than to replace. Right, it is cheaper to repair the screen on your phone than to buy a new phone. Uh, it's better for the environment, reducing e-waste and the need to manufacture more products. Uh, a lot of a lot of manufacturers require that old parts be destroyed, and that contributes to e-waste. Uh, of course, all of the um, requirements to manufacture goods such as mining the raw materials producing the materials or the frames uh all that has environmental impact uh it's also better for the economy uh it helps generate jobs at a local level think of your local cell phone repair shops your local computer shops stuff like that uh and helps keep money flowing in your local economy which is always great uh so question though question Where's the one place it takes money out of? The manufacturer's hands. Fucking assholes. Assholes. <laughs> Fuck Apple. <laughs> Google's in and the same Doug boat. Deere. John Fuck Deere. Google, too. Google uh, car dealers of all shapes and sizes don't I want... To say, I am too close to John Deere to say fuck John Deere. Oh, same. They oh, same. find me. They... they, they and yeah, you know I, why? Like, you know why they'll find you? Because they have the money to search for you. Because they have oh, no yeah. right to repair policies. Well, and then they they they'll hire a bunch of people, right? And then like in two years they'll lay them off, and it's a recite like it's it's constant hire layoff to save them money because they'll overbuild on tractors, and then they'll once there's a slow year, automatic layoff, and it, it, like I have like family members that have been constantly like three times laid off at the found, like the foundry where they in the uh, like the actual works plant that puts some together. So it, it's crazy. It's yeah. crazy. They, they, they're nuts. My but, mom, uh, my mom still works for John Deere. She's worked for John Deere like my entire life. My grandpa retired from John Deere and was a part of the union for forever. So, forever. so, uh, coming off track guys, <laughs> So coming off tractors, um, Rossman is building off of other successes and directly mentions similar legislation that has passed in the automotive industry, uh, which was done through a direct ballot initiative. And that particular bill he mentioned was a um, was a bill in Massachusetts, which had nationwide effects, because a lot of times if you can get it passed in one state, it's going to affect the entire country because it's just easier to change your policies around an entire nation uh, nationwide to, you know, 
be good for one state. That's why a lot of times if you buy products, they'll have California cancer warnings on them because you don't want to just produce specific SKUs and inventory just for uh, just for California. Uh, Rossman has formed a 501c4 nonprofit that is called the Repair Preservation Group Action Fund and is currently seeking six million dollars. Uh, with a GoFundMe, which actually I want to check it real quick. I have last time I checked, it was right around three hundred thousand um, dollars. 317. What's that? 317. $317,000. Okay. Um, and a note is that, uh, the odd amount raised might be higher than the GoFundMe, um, report says because of direct donations. There are some people, uh, who have directly donated to his 501c4, uh, because they didn't want to give GoFundMe a cut or they wanted to remain anonymous. What's the difference in a 5013C and a 5013 or 5013 or 5014C or whatever? Yeah. Uh, so the difference, as I understand it, and he explains this in his video, is that a 501C3 can only spend a certain amount of time um, lobbying. Like they can only spend like 25% of their time lobbying, while a 501C4 can spend almost all their time lobbying. Gotcha. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's probably some other differences that I have not researched and i do not know if i am wrong go on ahead and let us know in the comments section or in the chat uh if we're wrong about the difference between a 501c3 and a 501c4 i would love to be what's that like that to get something passed in legislation it costs money yep you can can buy your government it makes sense to have like right to repair but right. it, you know we have to have six million dollars you know it's pandering continue sorry <laughs> yeah it's almost as if the government shouldn't be so powerful that only the powerful people could buy them it's hmm. almost as if there needs to be term limits too right? <laughs> uh thank you for joining next to nothing the libertarian thought uh <laughs> Thought think tank. <laughs> think tank. We're, yeah, we're a libertarian think tank. <laughs> um so I mean that's the nuts and bolts of the situation. My my quick take on it is this is a really good initiative. I always love to see grassroots movements like this, and it comes from a genuine place, right? Lewis Rossman is a business owner. He is, you know, oh he owns his business. He he wants to do well by his employees. He wants to do well by his customers. He wants to do well by his community. And what's stopping him more often than not is for him specifically Apple's business practices. Um, this is the kind of thing, this is the net positive that across the board I fucking love. Um, and really the only people I think, in my opinion, you can fight me on this. I think the only people who would be opposed to this uh, are accountants and executives at multi-billion dollar corporations whose only concern is the bottom line for their company. Um And, uh, you know, again, it's good for your wallet. It's good for the environment. It's good for your economy. Um if they could get this passed, it'd be nothing but a win. And uh, I'm going to say right now on the uh, stream, I am going to throw $10 to this cause. And anyone else who uh, donates and sends me a screenshot of their donation, they'll get a personal shout out on the show. Let's do it. Uh, let me go around the horn. Let's start with uh, Pinata. How you feeling about this? 
I um I, I I um was looking into the article and I just I just it just reminds me of uh when I used to work for Verizon and um when we would get people coming in uh to either get their phone repaired or we would send them to go somewhere to get it repaired and most of the time either either A they have to go through the insurance company like Assurion, which is a pain in the ass as it is or they would have to go straight to the manufacturer themselves, which, you know, obviously you can go to the Apple store and, you know, get the shit fixed, but you have to pay, uh, you know, a crazy stupid amount of money to get it repaired, uh, unless you have Apple Care, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that shit. Um, but it, 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 it's uh, one of the things that kind of down, um, it kind of uh, was, a, was a downer is where a, a customer, you know, had a legit problem with their phone and they couldn't get anything fixed because oh this repair shop wasn't certified by Samsung or Apple or this or that and so they can't get their pieces uh, they can't get their parts and they don't want to pay too much for this or that you know so their their options are so limited um and you know and just to have you know again it's a very unfortunate thing for the customer to go through and then now they have to go through all this extra shit on top of it just to get their stuff repaired because there's not enough places that have parts or service or certain services that will help fix their problem. Um, and uh, funny thing is I'm also going into IT, which um, <laughs> I'm just not realizing how, how terrible it is to only iMac or iMac or a, a MacBook. If you want that thing repaired, Good luck, because <laughs> you only have one option. And that's it. And that's Apple, mm-hmm. and um, and I, I actually have a couple friends that actually own the repair shops, and they tell me how much it, it, it like how much it money they have to spend just to get the certification, just to get the certification, just to be able to carry their parts, and how much of a loss it is each repair turns out to be because of how much although you have that stamp on your store you still have to pay that premium price for that part because in the day you know it's not going through apple so they're going to make you pay more so i don't know it's um i'm i'm happy about this um i'm hoping uh i'm hoping good things come out of it um you know it's it um like I said, I've, I've been through it. I've seen the I've seen the ugly side of uh, when it comes to uh, people not being able to get their stuff repaired or uh, people being shunned out, or they just look elsewhere. Right here, where I live right now, it's very um, commercialized. Not a lot of uh, mom and pop shops. So if you have an iPhone, don't they're not even thinking about no no mom and pop shop. They're just going straight to Apple, you know, and. And obviously, you know, most of these shops don't have certifications for these places anyway. So it's like, you know, there's really only one choice. So, yeah, you know, which mm-hmm. Viva, you live in a decently populated area, right? Uh, it's, it's a somewhat small town, but it's a very, uh, uh, I would say, heavy uh, retirement high, uh, upper end. It, would it area. be is there is there a an apple store within an hour drive of you because they're like for two, two me, of them there's two of them yeah, yeah uh, two of them. 
for me, I think the closest Apple store is a two hour drive. Same. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, you know, there's, there's a lot of folks who, if you have to go, there's first off, there's the whole thing of if the barrier of entry is so high into the repair market, no one's going to go into it. Right. And that's just going to further monopolize these practices mm-hmm. that you have to take it to a certified Apple dealer or just go to the genius bar. And I put quotations around that for anyone who didn't see uh, <laughs> me quote uh, the genius bar there. Um, so there, there's that. It's it, it's anti-competitive. It's anti-consumer. It's just a lot of shit. And yeah, I mean, I would have to drive two hours to go to the genius bar to get any of my Apple products replay, uh, fixed if I wanted to. Um, let me go uh, back to uh, Padre here. Yeah, no, I'm I'm in the same boat as you. Like, I think this is something that that that's well overdue because it's starting to just get like it's getting to the point of borderline monopolization, kind of like you know, I mean, where you constrict all of the rights of a product regardless of who owns it. Like, that's that's overstepping your boundaries, in my opinion. Like, once that product is in my hands, I should have the right to be able to take it to these other places, um, it, it, and let them be licensed to fix it and save me some freaking money. But instead, you have to make it so difficult that you have to take it specifically to uh, one place to get it all done. That's that that in my opinion is kind of overstep overstepping boundaries because again that's a product I own now I should be able to replace the screen on it I should like I remember I remember back in the day with like the like the, some of the original Samsung Galaxies it wasn't that difficult to go in and just pry the screen off and then replace it with a new one but nowadays it's it's damn near impossible like you would have to you would have to really know what you're doing and and then once again if you do that you know change something that's as simple as a screen it's something that goes wrong that you're not able to change, say something like in the battery, and then you go take it in. Oh, well, you voided your warranty because you changed the screen on it. That's some bullshit. So no, I'm I'm with you. I think I think this this guy's on the right track and I hope he uh, I hope he succeeds in what he's doing for the sake of all of us. I do have one more point and I'm gonna go to green real quick. There was something I wanted to mention in terms of uh, economy and stuff like that. Uh, imagine being a small business owner. Um, let's just say as a small business owner, you need to have five laptops and it doesn't matter because it's not just Apple that does this, right? We like to hit on Apple on this and Lewis Rossman very specifically, he's an Apple service person. He works on Apple devices. So his focus is a lot on Apple devices, but HP, Dell, any of the uh, other prefab, you know, laptop companies, anything like that. Um, Hell, if you can't pop the back of it off and put a fucking battery in it. Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of companies that do this, but imagine like you buy five laptops and you have to take it to a certified dealer who's going to cost more than someone else, right? That is a part of your budgetary bloat. That's a part of, you have to account for that in your budget every year. And that's money that you, you know, at the end of the year, you probably don't want to have, you know, you want to keep that there. And so you can't spend that on other investments or spend that on bonuses for your employees or anything like that. Right. So if you're a small business owner, you should really be like liking this because it's going to help reduce your operational budget. Uh, Green, your take. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to. I mean, it's if it's yours. You should be able to take it wherever you want. I mean, it's straight, simple, to the point. I mean, nothing that we haven't already said. I'm 100% back this. Yep. Um, now, is it, I do have a question. Is this just mm-hmm. in just in New York legislation, or is this federal legislation? I think it's. it's I think he's aiming for New York. Okay, so it's we need to start. push this to federal. Yeah. 
yeah. it is a start but it needs to be pushed federally yeah uh, and hopefully, and it's more broad than the law that passed in Massachusetts. Massachusetts, sorry. Uh, in Mass, it only focused on automotive industry. Um, Shock Lot in our chat said, apparently in Canada, uh, we introduced a bill that's the first step to right to repair back in February, and he offers to send me the link. Yes, please do. Um, the resident historian. Yes, the resident historian of the Next Nothing podcast. Yeah, so that's uh, that's on Apple, or not on Apple, on Louis Rossman's um, right to repair campaign. And uh, yeah, you guys want to move on to the next topic or go to a uh, break? Let's take a quick break. Take a quick I, break. I, mean, I don't have I don't have a whole lot of room to like say anything because I'm I was <laughs> late. But I mean, a quick break would be cool. All right, yeah, you guys, can we'll hear be... about our Grampian. What's that? You can hear about the Grampian. The Grampian the old roast. website. <laughs> that we still need to get a new copy for. We'll be back in two minutes, guys. Be right back. Are you a coffee lover? Do you need a little pep in your step in the morning? What about knowing where your coffee comes from? Is that important? Well, try Grampian Roast Coffee on Etsy. That's Grampian, G-R-A-M-P-I-A-N. And see our selection of single origin and blended coffees. Use code REVSVEN, R-E-V-S-V-E-N, at checkout to save 15% off of your purchase. <laughs> there it is. Welcome back. <laughs> Green is looking <laughs> real guilty. It's okay. You can let it go. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys for letting us take that break. We have our... That's not our next story. Where am I at? <laughs> oh, yes. Here we are. I apparently I apparently forgot to uh, take GameStop off of last week's... Or from last week. Um... Can I make a brief interjection about that real quick? Because I remember specifically last week, one of the trans, one of the uh, segues was, you know, what's not closing down? GameStop. Mine did. Oh the no! <laughs> the very next day, mine did. <laughs> nice. Well, you know, when you start googling new, uh, new GameStop locations in your area, oh you'll now know how much. Uh, information android is sending to google <laughs> which is approximately 20 times more than ios so the reason i wanted to bring this all up all the data all the data so one reason i want to bring this up is because one part of your purchasing decision should always be your privacy and security of the devices um and the services that you buy and a recent study may make make you reconsider your next mobile purchase um According to Douglas Leather, a researcher from Trinity College in Ireland, Android could be sending up to 20 times more data to Google than iOS is to Apple. Uh, the study can be found uh, publicly if you're interested in reading it, uh, but here's some of the things they were looking at. Quote, if the test we evaluate the data shared, or I'm sorry, let me restart that. Quote, in the test, in these tests, we evaluate the data shared. One, on the first setup following a factory reset. Two, when a SIM is inserted slash removed. Three, when a handset lies idle. Four, when the settings screen is viewed. Five, when location is enabled slash disabled. Six, when the user logs into the pre-installed app store, we note that these tests can be partly we can be partly automated and used for handset operating system privacy benchmarking that tracks changes in behavior over time as new software versions are released. 
Does that all make sense? Yes. A lot of idle time. Yeah, they lot, checked. A lot, 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 <clears throat> lot of random shit is when this when it sends data. <laughs> yeah. Um, his findings on iOS found that the data from Siri, Safari, and iCloud were sent to Apple, while on Android, data from Chrome, YouTube, Google Docs, Safety Hub, Google Messenger, The Clock, and the Google search bar were all sent to Google. Uh, this is, of course, could be done, uh, this could be due to the amount of services Google offers, um, and the integration of each service has with each of these, um, with each device. That could be part of the reason why Android devices tend to send more. Just as a, a thought, uh, that's just my little tangent there. Uh, Leith also mentioned the startup data collection where Android devices send Google about one uh, megabyte, where Android would send about 42 kilobytes. When idle, Android sends one megabyte to Google every 12 hours. iOS sends 52 in the same amount of time. Ars Technica, in their reporting of this story, got a statement from a Google spokesperson, uh, which said, uh, quote, we identified the flaws in the researcher's methodology for measuring data volume and disagree with the paper's claims that an Android device shares 20 times more data than an iPhone. According to our research, these findings are off by an order of magnitude, and we shared our methodology concerns with the researcher before publication. This research largely outlines how smartphones work. Modern cars regularly send basic data about vehicle components, their safety status, and service schedules to car manufacturers, and will Mobile phones work in very similar ways. This report details those communications which help ensure that iOS or Android software is up to date, services are working as intended, and the phone is secure and running efficiently. End quote. Uh, I'm just going to say right now, I'm not really qualified to speak on this at all. So I'm just giving you guys nuts and bolts. If you guys are more concerned about it, you guys can find it on your own. <laughs> I just wanted to bring it to our, our audience's attention. Um, let's go to uh, Green. The, my real question is how much information is Facebook getting from, from both of these iOSs or these operating systems? Because I swear to God, I'll think about a product and I'll get a Facebook ad for it. <laughs> I swear. I, I swear. My I favorite swear. is when Facebook when, when, or whenever these these targeted ads come at me over something I've already bought. And I'm like, hey, yeah, you, pal, <laughs> like a chair. I was looking at chairs and then I went to Staples, bought the chair. And then all of a sudden, just autonomous uh, secret labs uh, and like 14 other companies, chairs just everywhere. And it's like, nope. Yeah, it, like I there was a time where I was talking, I was having a conversation with my fiance. And I swear to God, a Facebook ad came up for something we were talking about. I know I know Facebook is listening. I'm on to you, Mark. I'm on to you. I'm watching you. The simulation's getting lazy, bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The I'm only watch- the only thing I will say about that is uh Apple apparently we all good? You seem to froze the freeze there for a second. Who? I think I'm good. Green. Okay. Oh, my my green froze for a second there. Okay, it wasn't just me. No, it was okay. So, um, one thing I will say is that Apple does seem to value their their customers' privacy more than for a price. What's that? For a price? For a price? Exactly. <laughs> like you pay a bit of a premium on their like security apparatus. Um, so I don't think they would be sharing it to 
Facebook unless Facebook was paying them a hefty premium for that I data. Mean, which, I mean, Facebook's got fuck it money, so... I'm not saying that's not happening. I'm just saying it would probably cost them a lot because Apple doesn't want to give up that data. You know, I'm okay. I'm okay with, like, Google and Apple, like... specifically google i'm okay with like the advertisements because i like don't care like i'll see an advertisement and i don't give a shit it's it's not necessarily to me the advertisements that's the concern it's more the security which also i will mention um there is a massive security breach with facebook um that is affecting the analytical one no this is uh recent like in the last couple days um hundreds of millions of people affected so make sure you have your two-factor authentication on check all your emails don't like fall for any phishing and make sure you uh scrub your passwords practice that good hygiene Mm. um but anyways before i got distracted um yeah to me it's more the security concerns about uh location data and um time spent viewing stuff like that it's too uh, late, Danny. I know. They they know where you're at at all times, regardless. Uh, I I'm genuinely convinced there was this Facebook thing, uh, like a, a trend where it was like post a picture of you now versus a picture of you ten years ago, and I'm I'm wholeheartedly convinced that it, they were sending those pictures to the government uh, for for facial recognition uh, AIs. I'm wholeheartedly convinced. Like, I'm not a conspiracy theorist by any means, but like, that's some shit I could see happening. You want to tell me about the lizard people next? The lizard people, man. Pinata. Let me uh, move this on to you. Thoughts, opinions, concerns, questions. Uh, it's. I, I guess um, kind of piggybacking what uh, Green said. Uh, you know, you use it for advertisement. It's it's fine. You know. I'll, I'll, you know, think about pizza. Next thing you know, I'm getting 20 ads on YouTube about uh, pizza rolls and stuff like that. So, I mean, as much as I like to see pizza rolls, I don't need 20 of them. Um, <laughs> there, you know, obviously there, there's always the privacy thing, but that's always like the thing that's like mysterious is like, what are they using it besides advertisements? You know, there, there's really never uh, an answer behind it. I mean, we know damn well they're using it for advertisements for sure. But I think the um, as far biggest as thing beyond that, yeah. I think the biggest thing with this was like they were saying it was more for like uh, diagnostic issue, like diagnostic programs. That's what Google was saying. Yeah, but that seems like a lot of data to send for for diagnostic and operational uses. Well, Android phones are just built different, bro. They're just better. <laughs> They're just there's just so much more you can do and so much more like user controllability. You know, you if know? Linux phones weren't utter trash, I would legitimately consider getting a, a Linux phone. <laughs> uh every time I see one like on Linus Tech Tips or like the or whatever the it was a short circuit that they created that they do one of those like cheap two hundred dollar Linux phones. I'm just like <laughs> Like I, I was looking at the Razer one. I almost bought the Razer cell phone. Yeah. But I mean I I don't I think that runs off of Android too, but I mean if you could sideload an OS on it. That's what a lot of these uh those like cheap $200 um 
Linux phones is, is that you sideload your operating system onto it. And they have some other cool features on it, like where you can actually like crack open the back and like turn off the cameras. You can turn off the SIM antenna, the Wi-Fi antenna. You can, I think some of them, you can um, dual load SIM cards into them. Uh, stuff the like Paranoid that. one now? Uh, oh, that's always been me. I was just projecting. <laughs> I I will go buck naked in front of my my cam. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I mean, it's like, go ahead, get access to I my camera. Out. You're not gonna like what you see. Yeah, yeah you that's that. what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> you're, you're, if you're if you don't immediately burn out your retinas, like, and you try to blackmail me with like my dick pic, you know, and send me an email like you need to send me five hundred dollars. Like, good luck, have fun. See, I don't give a shit. I was I was afraid that, that you meant like you were actually going to go buck naked on the uh on the oh, stream no, God, here. No. And I'm like, oh, no. okay, let me go on ahead and just, you know, get rid of green there for a second. <laughs> yeah, no. I, I mean like like when I'm like not streaming or anything like that, like I don't like cover my camera or anything like that. Make McKenna's like that, she'll like fucking put it sideways and shit like that. But I'm just gonna say I actually aim my camera down at myself when I masturbate in front of my computer. <laughs> Free show for you that, guys. Is, that is the biggest like power move. Like yeah. that's alpha shit right there. Unmute the mic. Just tell them. Be like, I hope you're watching, and then get to town. It works. <laughs> you like what you see. You like what you see. Neither. <laughs> now my only fans get access to this shit. My only fans and my only FBI surveillance guy. <laughs> What's well, NSA now? And FBI doesn't care unless you're smuggling drugs or something. They watch me, trust me. (laughs) Anything? (laughs) Rev, I think you're the only one that I didn't go around the horn on. Anything you want to mention? Uh, The only thing that really concerns me is somebody who, like, while I I technically have unlimited data, I don't have, like, like, once it hits a certain cap, it slows down. And I'm wondering how, like, does this affect my my actual, like, data cap at all? Mm. That's a valid question. Like, does this, because if they're sending off 20 times more data, just on like regular stuff, like say I'm out and about doing my own thing and they're just like sending idle data out to all these different services or because of all these different services, how much of that is going to end up costing me uh, speed in the long run? Because I usually feel like I have mine set to where I, I would be able to get by without ever having to have like a, a speed cap because I do spend a lot of time at home. I do wonder, I'm like with that much being sent out, how much, how, how far do they go before it starts throttling my speeds on that? That's a good question, actually. Yeah, I wonder. I think that's a good question for like anybody, especially these people who don't have unlimited data packages on things like these prepaid wireless, like Cricket and Metro PCS and stuff like that. They don't have like extravagant data packages, and whenever they run out, they just—I mean—they might as well not have data at all. Yeah, or a phone for that matter. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's an interesting question. I don't know. I'll have to see if there's any research on that on if how much. I think the the uh, the the jargon is phoning home. How much that how much that costs in the long run? That's why you always just stick to burner phones. <laughs> just don't just don't use the internet. You, if, you, if you're listening to this right now, don't use the internet. If you're watching, yeah. shut it down. Don't it down. burn your computer. Burn it. Make sure All that the when you when you, when you wipe your hard drive, you need to use a magnet first, then bust it up. And then scatter the pieces, and then pee on it for good measure. The the uric acid will help melt down any un undeleted data. 
Real quick, I, just because Green mentioned the burner phone, is that Green admitting that he's a drug dealer? Uh, no. Not okay. today, NSA. Not today. <laughs> I might be. Come for me. <laughs> I'm so lonely. I just want someone to sit down and have tea with me. So, from the NSA to the MLB, let's talk about the oh. show coming to the Xbox. You're getting good at this. Hot yeah. damn, that was great. Dude, you know, I, I mean, honestly, I got a little chubby because of that one. That was a good one. That was a good one. You've been talking to your uh, your NSA spy, just sitting there really watching you be like, hey, I got I got some ideas to run by you. I need to practice these ideas. Let's go. Right. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so in an interesting turn of events, it's been announced last week that the MLB, the Major League Baseball uh, official game, the show 2021 will be coming to Xbox by way of Game Pass on launch day. Um for those who don't like know about MLB the show, because I certainly didn't, uh, the series has been a PlayStation exclusive since 2006. Mm-hmm. Um, and with this new release that's coming on April 20th, they will um, they uh, will be having this now for the first time since 2006 on the Xbox, and it's going to be cross-play. So Xbox players and PlayStation players can play with each other. Um, the only other thing I really noticed on this was according to Sony, this choice was on the MLB team at Sony San Diego. Uh, so I guess Papa gave its blessing and yeah, they, they, they decided to go for it. Yeah. Here's the crazy thing that, um, about it. And, uh, I have been actually paying attention to, uh, what's been happening with this for a decent, uh, since, since it started, I've been actually actively like looking at what people are talking about and you know uh but the biggest thing that i think is funny um is that when you turn on that game on an xbox as far as i know it's going to have a big ass fat playstation studios logo because it is a first part well technically first party studio that's making the game for somewhere else. So you're gonna turn on your Xbox, you play the game, and next thing you know, you're gonna see that splash title is PlayStation right there. And I, I just something something about that just I kind of it makes me laugh a little bit. Like an alpha move, like don't forget, <laughs> don't forget where this is coming from. That'd be like if tell me why, like obviously to a smaller scale, but tell me why what I always considered the uh the life is strange uh unofficial three. So life is strange two and a half. If it ended up on PlayStation because it's Xbox Studios, yeah, you might, you might end up getting something like that out of any kind of Zenimax games that end up. They they may just put it on there as a flex. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and some you know, I, I, again, I I've been watching it. And a lot of people are like, "Sony's stupid. Why did they do this? You know, this uh, they should have done this." Now Xbox is flexing on them because you know Xbox don't have to. They don't really have to pay a full sixty bucks on it, and then the PlayStation you do. Um, I don't know, you know, man. Like, like, you know, I would say like people are gonna freak out like they did Horizon Zero Dawn, but how many people mm-hmm. actually fucking care about MLB the show? Yeah, like on the on, like on the real like the the real scale of like the video game community, how many people are actually gonna give a shit that they bought a PlayStation Five, but now Xbox can play MLB the show? Oh yeah. my god, like. 
There's the, so the many other it, PlayStation exclusives that are going to be coming out. I don't think it's yeah, that big of a deal. Exactly. And in the, the day, they're still going to get their money. They're still going to get the cut, you know, because you know they're they're paying. Uh, uh, they're. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Microsoft going to get a cut from Sony, or vice versa. I'm not sure how it works. But you're, you're you know, their their titles and their Xbox, their 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 pass. So they're still going to get money out of it, regardless. So it's and, like. And- PlayStation fanboys will get mad about anything though, and with 1.8 million total players for MLB The Show 20, some uh, there's probably a chunk of them that are going to get pissed off just because not only are they MLB fanboys, but they're also PlayStation fanboys. I mean, I think I think it's a positive for uh, MLB The Show because now you're introducing more players to. Well, to be honest, uh, you know, Xbox didn't have an MLB game at all. So, you know, well, now they do. It's, it's not about like whether it actually is good for the because because mm-hmm. it's an absolute win for for all the actual companies involved. Mm-hmm. It's, it's those little kids that are going to get pissed about it the same way they did with Horizon Zero Dawn. Like who? Yeah. I mean, Horizon Zero Dawn came out years after, you know, like mm-hmm. on on PC and people still got like up in arms about it. And it's like and, and what, what you're going to see is you're going to see a lot of PlayStation fanboys who don't care about MLB the show, but they're going to be like, there it is. We lost another exclusive just like we did with Horizon Zero Dawn. And they're just going to get all pissy about it because it's like, oh, that's all we have is our exclusives. And it's like, just get on PC, dude. You don't have to worry about it. No, it, Yeah. And uh, speaking of which, it's, uh, it's actually on sale right now on Steam half off. I bought that shit. It looks beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I love that game. I, I on cap frames Horizon Zero Dawn is amazing. I love I it. But yeah, I that's not say, going off. <laughs> I, I was gonna say like the the ten the ten people who play MLB the show shouldn't get mad if it's going to Xbox because then they'll have ten more people to play with online. But then you said that one point eight million people played the through twenty twenty, and I'm like, oh shit! I yeah, yeah, that that number actually surprised me when you said have that. Have like merit <laughs> to that, but uh, that's what it feels like in my mind. That ten... you don't care about sports games. <laughs> it's a different <laughs> community from what you're. Hey, I like I like UFC. UFC was fun. The games are true. Yeah, I, t- I talked to Rev about this whole like you know, um, how how I feel about like Bethesda, you know, um, being exclusive on Xbox. Do I think they should be just exclusive? I don't think it's a smart idea. I think it'd be, it uh, you know, I don't think it will. It wouldn't be a smart business decision. Now, if you just want to flex, you know, go right ahead. Go right ahead. I mean, you're, you know, the thing is, is this, you know. MLB has been on PlayStation, I think, since PlayStation 3. That's when they started the exclusive deal. So, you know, almost a whole generation um, without an MLB game on Xbox. You know, it's kind of, it, it kind of hurts for them, you know. Get for sorry for a little bit. But, you know, I'm happy for them. They, they, you know, they finally get a game. And it's a fantastic game when it comes to baseball being the only baseball game out there. But it actually is a really good game too. So imagine wanting to actually go out and play baseball out <laughs> outside. Right. But the only time that you could actually like play it outside is if you went to the next town over. <laughs> <laughs> so real quick, just because it's MLB the show, I have a quick question. What's better? MLB the show or backyard baseball? Backyard baseball. Backyard baseball. <laughs> backyard baseball. Um, Actually, what, what, was that, what was that MLB game uh, that came out that uh, Midway made? Uh, MLB hits. It was like NFL, yes. it was like a it was like NFL blitz, but it was it was baseball. Fuck oh, yeah! Oh, you get to like oh, banger. So yes, loved it. Yeah. Loved so it. really, the only other thing I wanted to talk about on this is 
um, as you mentioned with Horizon Zero Dawn, like there is like the whole thing of exclusives, and you're gonna have your crybabies out there and your fanboys out there. Um, but how does this affect the people who aren't sold? by the brand of the system but rather are sold by the exclusives because the whole point of the exclusives system that was developed over the last 20 30 years was to sell the consoles right it's like you could only play halo on the xbox you could only play mlb the show on playstation you could only get horizon zero dawn on the playstation you could only get this game there and the switch yeah right what do you think this does? Like, does it with this would seeing Horizon Zero Dawn and MLB the show going from exclusive to non-exclusive affect your purchasing decision if you were looking at buying a PlayStation Five? It's personally, yeah. It, to be honest, uh, my my thing is that I, once it start hitting like the deeper first party, and I'm talking about deep first party games like if i see the last of us or if i see uncharted like the like the bangers or you know miles morales on pc or on xbox that's where you know you're like okay all right the the system sellers are now becoming you know multi-platform now why is there any purpose to buy a console or buy that console when i have this console now so i think if we get to that point, that's where that's where it gets kind of concerning for the whole exclusive, you know, why you know, you know, console world world type of thing, or deciding where you're gonna go, what direction. Um, like I said, MLB the show, eh, okay, you know, it's it's not it's not a huge hit. Um, Horizon still not on Xbox; it's on PC. Um, so you know, once you start seeing those those you know banger first party. You know, transferring to a different console, completely into a different side. I always thought a PC in the middle ground. I don't really think that you know it's like oh they're losing customers. No, no, they're 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 doing the smart move. You put it on PC, you're gonna you're just gonna gain more. I think probably the biggest uh, like the the one that I think kicked off all of this for some people um, is as goofy as this is going to sound um, because it was it was actually a pretty huge selling exclusive deal for a long time was how long Final Fantasy games were exclusive to PlayStation. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And then they eventually jump ship over to Xbox. And so it's it's not as much about just MLB the show as itself. It's about watching the trend because imagine if they imagine if they lost God of War, if they lost God of War as an exclusive. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The one thing they'll always hold on to, like they they will hold on. You you will never see Spider Man on Xbox. I'm gonna tell you no, because right no, Spider Man is a Spider Man itself is a Sony. Property. Sony Sony has latched onto that that property and will hold on to it until the world ends. But then again, they did loan Spider-Man to Marvel. But they made all the profit. They would still they would still make most they would still make all the profit with it being a Sony mm-hmm. game. Exactly. I, I don't think you'll I, like I'm firm on that that you will never see Spider-Man, any version of Spider-Man on Xbox. I I, I feel the same way with The Last of Us. Market. And, uh, Market. Someone clip this and save it. Hot takes right now. <laughs> and we'll the see day, in a the year day from now that Xbox gets uh, Spider-Man, like a Spider-Man game. I will shave my head. Uh, you might want to get to shaving because uh, several Spider-Man games have already been on Xbox. 
No, no, no. no, I no, no. Said we're talking about, we're talking about Spider-Man uh, games. recent ones. <laughs> here's, here's the thing. If there have been if there have been Spider-Man games on all three Xbox consoles so far, or previous Xbox consoles, what's to stop them from making one for the new one? Mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think it's good. well. It, I think what it is, and what makes it different um, this time around, is that the studio itself who's making the game is a first party. Where before, um, if I'm mistaken, those other Spider-Man games were made by Activision and like uh, I forget the name that the studio that made NeverSoft, NeverSoft and Activision were predominantly the ones that made the Spider-Man games, and then like other studios like got into it too. So like this one's actually a first party studio that's making this game, uh, making the Spider-Man games. Um, but then again, you know, a first party studio MLB game did move over to Xbox, so. No, no. I just want my Spider-Man plug-and-play back, okay? The RCA cables. I, I just want my original Spider-Man web shooter that you put the silly screen into and just tss, tss, all over. <laughs> I was stupid. I jumped off my porch with that. So, thing. so um, what? What do you Swear think the chances are of 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 like a Sony exclusive making it to the other platform? Like as far as. God of War. Which one go? Which one will go first? God of War or uh, The Last of Us slash uh, Uncharted? Uncharted. I don't. I, mean, I don't. For, I don't see The Last of Us ever going, but I could see it. Uncharted. I would say of the three, God of War. If, if really? of, the, of the three, I would say God of War because just because of how hard PlayStation has latched onto the Nathan Drake character and promotional material in the past. Like, I mean, there have been entire like you buy consoles and Nathan Drake is like right there on the box. Yeah, so like. Uncharted doesn't strike me as the kind of game that would go, but I have I, I would not doubt seeing God of War go eventually, maybe after the Norse saga goes and they decide to start exploring other mythologies or something. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised because, I mean, when you think about it, the only thing that's really Sony exclusive about God of War really is the publishing as opposed to the developing. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, does Santa Monica Studios deal a lot with PlayStation, absolutely. Do they have to? They don't have to. You know, I mean, are, are they? Um, I don't know for sure. Are they part of uh, PlayStation Studios? Uh, all I see here is that they are a subsidiary. Um, but the guy that f- the the founder was a longtime Sony employee. Yeah. Um, okay, never mind. They are, they are a first party studio for Sony. I figured they were. Yeah, I, I, I thought I thought they were. But of all of these, like, see, but whenever you start adding subsidiaries and stuff like that, that's when they yeah. can start loaning out properties essentially to or or signing them over to other deals just like i mean just like with with bethesda and zenimax zenimax is going to be an xbox property an xbox first party property and they're still going to produce games for other consoles yeah it's gonna be the same concept so you heard it here first uh rev uh marked it out right now uh god of war ragnarok is going to be the last playstation exclusive uh god of war game after the rag after the ragnarok era is over if they decide to make others then whatever (laughs) but Heard your first hot takes. Like jokes on me. Jokes on me. They're not gonna. Uh, they're not gonna make any more God of War games. So it's like, technically, I was right because it's not <laughs> <You were right. laughs> PlayStation exclusive. <laughs> they're, just, they're just gonna start selling like every character of like every Sony exclusive to Fortnite, or God, or fuck to <laughs> Super Smash Brothers. <laughs> All right, that guy from Fortnite. God damn it. Um. All right, moving on from exclusives to things that you can get right now and on a variety of platforms. Let's talk about deals of the month for April 2021. 
I'm going to start with Prime Gaming, which, of course, you can uh, claim these if you connect your Amazon. What's up? You not you don't have the clip? No, not yet. I haven't made one yet. Oh, my God. Uh, oh man. It was the, the first one was so cool. But the expo- I know. I need to get a deals of the month clip. Next month. Next month. I'll make sure. You promise? I make no promises, but I'll do my damnedest. Um... Okay, so Prime Gaming, which, of course, you guys can get if you connect your Amazon Prime to Twitch. And uh, you also get a free Twitch sub. So go on ahead and use it on RevsFen or uh, Viva or uh, Greenlead over there. Um, yeah, you guys get a free sub a month. So, like, line up your next three free subs on those guys. Um, so Prime Gaming, until May 3rd, you can get the Escapist, Move or Die, Before I Forget. Aces of the Luftwaffe, Luftwaffe, Squadron, and moving out. That's all until May 3rd. Uh, Some things that are um, ending a little bit sooner, if you want to pick them up. Uh, Optica, April 9th, uh, and then on April 16th, Escape Machine City Airborne, and then on April 23rd, uh, Dark Crystal Age of Resistance. That's all the stuff that's the... um, that's the deadline to pick those games up on uh, Prime Gaming. Um, then on Epic Games, that's also worth mentioning. I'm pretty sure that both uh, Rogue and Padre here have Epic Creator Codes, right? I don't. No, he just he just promotes the shit out of mine way better than I can. Okay, well, <laughs> you guys, if you want to help uh, Rev out, use Creator Code RevsFen um, because they do have their spring sale running until April 8th. So use the creator code RevsFan to help support Rev. Um, I Kingdom Hearts. It's expensive as <laughs> shit. I get a lot of commission on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so right now, their free games are Tales of the Neon Sea. And you can get that until April 8th. And then 3 out of 10, Season 2, starting uh, April 8th to April 15th. Um, yeah, and then I checked out Humble Bundle, which, of course... Uh, Green, did you get my message earlier? I've been really busy today. I might okay. have. Check check your personal DMs and get that real quick. Um, Humble Bundle. You have three days left on the Burn Rubber Bundle. $12 gets you 14 racing games and content packs. And the money goes to supporting Stop AAPI Hate. Um, and if you use our link, you'll help support Green. Yep, two day two days, fifteen hours and fifty nine minutes from now. Yep. They also have a bunch of software they also have a bunch of software packs and stuff like that, um that you can pick up right now. Do you need uh, like the you want me to tell like all the games? No, people can check it out. Uh just post the link in the uh our uh, our link in the chat. Um and then I also have GOG. Uh for nine more days on GOG you can get deep discounts on Bethesda titles including Prey, Wolfenstein, Fallout, Oblivion, and others. Or you can um, just wait and get them on Xbox Game Pass. That too. Uh, right speaking of Game Pass, Padre, you're up. Boom. See, I see. I, I, t- I kind of took the reins on the segue a little bit there. All right. <laughs> we'll, we'll go ahead and start with uh, the games that are coming to Game Pass in this April. Um, th- this month, we're getting Grand Theft Auto V on cloud and console. We're getting Zombie Army 4 Dead War on cloud console and PC. Disneyland Adventures and Russia Disney Pixar Adventure are all coming to the cloud, which means you can play them on your phone. Um, NHL 21 is coming to console via EA Play, um, because now, if I remember correctly, your Game Pass does include EA Play. Um, Rain on Your Parade is coming to cloud console and PC. Pathway is coming to PC, and 
in a related note on April 20th, on its release date, Cloud and Console is going to get MLB The Show 21 on. Now, we also have on April 15th, we're getting Deliver Us the Moon, Gato Roboto, and Wargroove all coming to console and PC. And then EA Play is getting like all the Maddens and the NHLs and stuff to console that weren't previously available on the 16th. Um, you're getting four games with gold this month. There's uh, Vikings, Wolves of Hidgard, Midgard, Mid- Midgard. God, they made that M look stupid. That, that's what Milfgard? Milfgard. <laughs> uh, you're getting truck racing championships for all of you wannabe truckers out there. Um, and then you're also going to be able to get Dark Void, which is a 360 game, and hard. It's called Hardcore, but it's C-O-R-P-S. Hardcore Uprising from Konami. Um, that one will be available on the 16th to the 30th. Um, also, to be noted, Truck Racing Championships will be available from the 16th to May 15th. And that's all you're getting from Xbox this month. Real quick question about that trucker game. Does it come complete with pissing in a bottle? Yes, yes. That's the uh, that's the Amazon DLC. You got to pay extra for that. <laughs> uh, Green, you got PlayStation? Yes, I do. Um, PlayStation Plus is going to get Days Gone, Oddworld, Soulstorm, and Zombie Army 4, Dead War. Um, but it also looks like PlayStation's also doing like the, uh, like a PlayStation Now thing, similar to the Game Pass, I think. And that has like a, that has Marvel's Avengers on it and Borderlands 3. I know that's a subscription cost. I know that's an extra subscription cost, I believe. Um, but if you have that PlayStation Now, you can also play those games. Uh, Borderlands 3 and the, The Long Dark as well Ooh. which is like they're streaming like xbox the like game pass right yeah i think so okay awesome so that's uh for playstation i think that's all the other deals that like i, I can't think of any other sales or anything like that um that are that are definitely worth checking out right now. Can you guys think of any other sales or bundles or anything like that? Horizon Zero Dawn. <laughs> is that is that on a Steam Spring Sale right now? Yeah, yeah, twenty nine eighty nine. Uh, everything. Did did Steam like release a sale and I didn't realize it? Or is this just like a regular sale that they're doing? I think it's our. I'm sorry. It's a regular sale. I'm sorry. Not okay. Sale. It's on Humble Bundle too for thirty dollars. Yeah. Yeah. As I say, yeah, because I, I you can you did me a concern in there real quick because I'm like, did I miss? A concern. No, no, no. no. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> okay. Um. Can Can I go ahead and put one more little like publisher sale out there that's yeah. on Humble Bundle? Um, for those of you who are interested in looking at Humble Bundle, uh, Devolver Digital is holding a sale until April twelfth up to 90% off all their games. Um, so obviously, not many of them are full 90% off, but there's some really good ones in there that are really heavily discounted. I will generate a link for that as well. Dope. Um, cool. Well, let's go ahead and uh, wrap up the show then. Uh, let's start with Viva. Rogue, what's coming yeah. up on your channel and what can people find when they get there? Uh so um still still on the grind with uh Monster Hunter Rise. Um I am uh 
we've been playing a lot with uh some uh some buddies uh dwarf king uh jessica uh we're playing a lot uh co-op uh bunch of shenanigans uh cool armor uh once once i'm started uh once that's uh finally sitting you know i'm done with that i'll get back into um some uh, titles i have uh um hidden right now that are roguelikes um and uh, of course, I'm gonna sprinkle with some Slayer Spire because I love that game. That's uh, that's, uh now that's pretty much it for now. Excellent, excellent. Uh, Green Elite, what's coming up on your channel? Well, um, I don't know. I'm probably gonna be playing the same things I've been playing for a while. Um, Apex, Warzone, and I've been actually grinding a lot of Destiny lately. Um, I've been thinking about diving into Phasmophobia. I do have a channel point thing, uh, like the community channel point goal um, for uh, if it's met, my next stream will be, next stream will be Alien Isolation because I fucking hate horror games. <laughs> so uh, yeah, check check that out. Uh, Phasmophobia might be uh, might be in the cards as well. Um, I'm searching for something to play like as like an off thing, um, which I think that's really just going to be like Pixelmon, like for when I don't want to really do FPS games. So, yeah, uh, you can catch that Twitch.tv forward slash Mr. Greenlight. Um, all my socials are Mr. Greenlight, except for Instagram, which is TTV Mr. Greenlight. So, oh, and check out my TikTok, please. I love you. Appreciate you. <laughs> Padre. Let's see what up on your channel. Me, uh, tomorrow I'm going to be continuing Everhood. I got through like the big kind of like I'm assuming middle point of the game. That's like a big twist type thing where you think the game's over. Surprise, motherfucker! It is not. So I'm going to continue mm-hmm. Everhood. Um, I think tomorrow night uh, we're going to be doing Phasmo. Uh, I've, I've been trying to do Phasmo on Wednesdays. I also know that my good friend and killer moderator, Eliza Lies, has been chomping at the bit to redeem a channel point deal for uh, pick any stream for my next stream. And she has over 300,000 channel points, so she's going to redeem that soon for a blind baking stream um, where I will get in a Discord call with her and she will walk me through how to make something of her choosing without her being able to watch and without me looking at the recipe. Uh, last time, last time we did this, it was a ton of fun. Uh, we did it with a carrot cake, and it came out pretty decent. Um, so we're, I'm looking forward to seeing what she's cooking up and what I'm baking up next. Uh, but aside from that, I'm going to be recording After Party and then probably uh, Little Nightmares Two for YouTube, uh, which you can find me on Twitch and YouTube at just Revsven, and then everywhere, literally any social media platform, you can find me at Revsven TV, even MySpace. OnlyFans. Dang. Yep, I have an OnlyFans. I just don't have any content on there yet. I'm thinking about doing sexy Zebo stuff on there. <laughs> Hell yeah. I'm okay with that. You're welcome. Uh, coming up on my channel, um, I have a pretty busy week ahead of me. Um, so probably be playing some Pixelmon. I might do like a creative stream. There's some things I want to try out and do um, for the show. Um, as well as some other stuff that I would want to do. Um, you guys can find me on Instagram and Twitter and TikTok at Danny K, D-A-N-I-E-C-A-E. Actually, I think TikTok might be Danny K Media. Um, it is confirmed. Yeah. Which is so, where you can also find us on YouTube if you're watching us right now on YouTube. <laughs> exactly. Um, 
so yeah, that's where you guys can find me. You guys, uh, that's going to wrap up the show for the week. Uh, we appreciate you guys for watching and joining. Um, it means a lot to us that you guys take the time out of your week, out of your day to watch and listen. Uh, don't forget the question of the week. This week we have, what is your favorite rogue-like game? What is your favorite rogue-light game? And explain to us the difference between rogue-like and rogue-light in the Please. comments. Please. We, Please. We're still confused. Still confused. Um, don't forget to like, subscribe, and comment on the video. If you guys missed any part of the show uh, live, you guys can find us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are found. Revsven, stop fucking with my show notes. I was trying to turn it back to podcasts, okay? <laughs> I was trying to fix it. <laughs> if you guys want to help support the show, like I said, leave a like, subscribe, and comment. Uh, but the number one best way to help support the show is by telling your friends and your mom. Tell your mom, too. Tell, tell your mom. Tell your dad. Tell your grandma. Tell your mom to come say hi. Yeah. I'll look forward to it. And if you don't, you're we'll a punch you. kid. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say I'll punch you in the throat, but yeah, you're a horrible kid. <laughs> You obviously don't love your mom if you don't tell her to check out the show. No. I can do things for your mom that she would never, never experience before. Talking about budget games. Yeah. She'll never see it coming. We don't have any mommy haters here in in our audience, okay? So if you're not a mommy hater, tell your mom. Nope. Nope. Unless your mom's name's Karen. Keep her the fuck away from here. We don't have a manager. Yeah. Well, I think that would fall on me. You're not my supervisor. <laughs> you're not you're not my real boss. Anyways, guys. Stay safe, stay healthy, keep fighting the good fight. We'll talk to you guys next week. Derek Chauvin is guilty. Goodbye. I love George you. Floyd's not on trial. <laughs>